Welcome, everyone, to the CFF Commissioner's Corner Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and CFF expert, Mr. Jeremy Butterball Van Curen. Butterball, how are we doing this evening, bud? Good, man. How about yourself? Doing well, Butter. You're zooming in. You're out there on the interwebs this evening as we're recording this pod here on Wednesday evening before Christmas Eve. So obviously, you know, schedule's getting out of whack and uh, out of town and uh, getting ready for the holidays and stuff. But uh, uh, where you at tonight, Bud? I'm at the house, man. Got my little boy with me. Nice, so nice. So just, uh, oh, what's just, uh, hanging out and getting ready for getting ready for Christmas, man? Excellent. You, you and JJ, you guys watching some bowl games right now? We got what Memphis and Florida Atlantic going on right now, right? In the Boca. To nothing. Yeah, yeah. Halftime of that one. Uh, Georgia Southern thumped up on Louisiana Tech earlier, so uh, had a couple. I've seen that. That was thir- thirty-eight to three. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't expect that. I think I, I picked Louisiana Tech in our. Uh, our bowl pick them deal. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, uh, maybe not so much a, a shock that, uh, that the game was relatively close from a 50-50 standpoint, I think, on the line, but uh, not necessarily a shock that Georgia Southern maybe won, but certainly the manner that they won uh, was a little surprising. Oh, they dominated, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 38 to 3. Man, you don't want to give those uh, option teams a lead, man. They can just kind of milk the clock and kind of squeeze the life out of you, which is probably what happened in that one. So, obviously, uh, um, looking forward to uh, talking about all the fun stuff that we got on the pod here this evening. Oh, kind of an abbreviated uh, a CFF uh, Commissioner's Pod tonight, a little bit in the sense that, you know, most uh, fantasy leagues are kind of over. Ours is still ongoing, right? And we'll talk about that here a little bit later and uh, have some interviews from the two uh, competitors, uh, if you will, in our CFFL championship but uh, talk about that and uh, uh, talk about CFB playoff uh, Auburn getting a new head coach and uh, so much more butter but before we get into all that my friend as always we have to talk a little bit about our favorite sports bar and of course that's chalk sports bar chalk is Oklahoma City's premier luxury sports bar located in Chisholm Creek Plaza at 1324 West Memorial Road follow Ben Chad and the whole chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc it's the best damn sports bar in Oklahoma, and there's no better place to have a conversation about college football and watch all the bowl games here on the dozens of big screens at Chalk over the next couple of weeks. Always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. The best damn sports bar, period. Absolutely, brother. So, well, I guess we have to start off, Butter, the big news in college football this past week. Uh, the CFB Playoff Committee has made their selections. Number one, Alabama against number four, Notre Dame. And then number two, Clemson, against number three, Ohio State. Did they get it right? You know, do you take any issue with the teams that end up making it to the playoff, bud? Your thoughts on those top four? Man, I mean, obviously Alabama deserves to be there. Uh, They've pretty much dominated every single game that they've played this year. Um, You know, Clemson and Notre Dame, I mean, uh, head-to-head, both of them won a game this year. I mean, you know, I mean, the fact Notre Dame beat Clemson whenever they didn't have – Trevor Lawrence, you know, uh, th- those three teams I, I think are are probably the three best teams in college football. And then you also have Ohio State, which you know, I mean, they pushed the start of their campaign back. The Big Ten pushed the big the Big Ten start dates back. Man, I mean, to me, I mean, Ohio State. I mean, I, I don't think they've played enough games. You know, I mean, I don't think that they uh, are worthy of being there. I mean, I think that there's some one loss teams that, that, uh, I mean, look at Texas A&M. I mean, they probably, um, have the biggest gripe out of anybody, you know, I mean, in Oklahoma, you know, I mean, we lost too many games, um, at the start of the season to, to, to make up the headway. You know, I mean, if, um, if we lose one game at the start of the year, I mean, Oklahoma's probably in there, but yeah, you know, had, I mean, had they- it was, it was just a weird year. I mean, due to the COVID and everything, um, you know, I mean, we had had players out due to suspensions, and then, and then, I mean, we ha- had a, a freshman quarterback. So, I mean, I, I expect big things in the the OU Florida game. I mean, that, that's probably one of the the most exciting bowl games, um, and I'm looking forward to that this uh, this bowl season. How, how do you how do you feel? I mean, what do, what do you think about the top four? I mean, what's your take on it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think ultimately they probably got 
the, got it right. You know, I understand the Aggie fans kind of being uh, a little bit miffed. And, and we talk about it every year. Whoever finishes number five is always going to be pissed off, right? I always think about right all the bracketology stuff that kind of comes up whenever they have their selection show in March. And you think about the talking heads there, you know, Dick Vitale. It's always a travesty that that 69th team didn't make it in. Oh, my God, how did you not let that team in? This is such a joke. How did that team not get in? It's like, well, it doesn't matter the number of teams involved in any sort of playoff selection standpoint. I'm a firm believer in that because we've seen it in college basketball. Um, it, it really, whoever the last team out uh, that doesn't get in is always going to have a gripe and going to bitch about things and so the Aggies uh, fall on that uh, that number five spot unfortunately for them this year but uh, yeah for our Sooners I mean I think you're right had they held on to that what 17 point lead or 20 point lead or whatever it was late in the third quarter against Kansas State down in Norman in late September they would probably be in the playoff right now don't you think Butter? I I mean I I believe you're right I mean like I said we just um we just didn't get really gelling and getting uh, weren't able to play good football, good sound offense and defense until you know, like the fifth or sixth week the week of the year, you know. So I mean, um, or the fifth or sixth game, you know. I mean, I wouldn't exactly say that um, that the Texas game was a was a great win, but I mean, it was a win. But I mean, after after we got uh, Stevenson and Perkins back, I mean, our it was like our football team changed offensively and defensively. We were able to, to run the ball, which helped Spencer Rattler out a bunch. And then uh, we had Perkins getting after the quarterback and causing a whole bunch of distraction. And whenever they, he was getting blocked, you know, I mean, there, there were other guys that were making plays. So, I mean, having those two back, I mean, uh, that was just a, a great um, – that was a great help offensively and defensively. Yeah, I agree. And again, the OU did. They they changed as a team uh, whenever those two guys kind of came back and got eligible again. I think maybe in the Texas Tech game, if I'm not mistaken, as the whenever uh, seemed like those team guys kind of came together uh, and the team certainly got much much better. And they've gotten better every week. So that, that was a good win mm-hmm. uh, Saturday against uh, Iowa State in the uh, Big Twelve Championship game. Iowa State's a tough squad, so I um, know they jumped out to a big early lead and then Iowa State kind of chipped away from that point forward. But uh, that's a good win so for the Sooners there. But you know, uh, talking about other teams and kind of other big news, butter across the college football landscape, bud, is that you know we got to go down to uh, on the plains uh, down in Auburn. Uh, in Auburn, getting a new head coach. Obviously, you know, last week we talked on the pod they bought out Gus Malzahn. They didn't wait a super long time to name their next head coach, and that's Boise State's Brian Harson. Your thoughts on the fit here, man? Obviously, not an SEC guy, and it's a different world uh, down in the SEC country for sure. So, but your thoughts on Brian Harson? Moving from Boise State down to Auburn, Brian Harson's record—I mean, it, it speaks for itself. I mean, um, I think he was like seventy-four and and tw- or seventy-six and twenty-four. Uh, he had stops at Arkansas State, and then um, then, then he was at Boise State the last uh, the last five or six years. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of. Uh, what kind of style of football he brings to the table at, at, at Auburn, you know I mean? Auburn is one of those, one of those teams, you know I mean? That um, SEC, I mean, you, you have to have defense, you know I mean? It's going to be kind of interesting to see who he can bring on as, as far as uh, recruits and stuff like that. I mean, I think he's a good hire for Auburn. The, the thing that, um, that I'm not so sure of is um, the last two or three, uh, coaches that have left um, Boise State. I mean, you, you got to think back, um, the, uh, the, the guy that went to, to Washington, I mean, he yep. just retired. Yep. And then um, – Chris Peterson. Dan, I can't think what his last name is. Um, but he, he's the guy that went to uh, Colorado and ended up getting fired. So, I mean, like the last two or three coaches that have, have came out of Boise State, because, I mean, you got to think back. I mean, they've only had probably three – three coaches in the last 15 years. I mean, uh, if you go to Boise State, you usually stay there for five or six years. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see if uh, if he can adjust to that league. So, yeah, which is going to be – I mean, it's going to be – I mean, the, the scheduling in that league, I mean, you play like a big, uh, a big game week in and week out with Boise State, you might play two or three big games all year long. 
Yeah, you're right. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, Harson kind of known as an offensive innovator, you know, lots of motion, lots of, you know, crazy formations and sets. And so, you know, is it was that part of the attraction for Auburn there trying to get a, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, right? So we think about the offensive revolution uh, in uh, in the SEC, throwing the ball all around, right? You think about the two most successful teams this year. Obviously, we saw an offensive, you know, uh, display uh, this past week with uh, Alabama and in, uh, in Florida in the SEC championship. And even, you know, the great Nick Saban himself saying, hey, look, defense is don't ain't going to cut it no more you got to win with offense and so uh you know not shocking perhaps that Auburn goes after what what many would call an offensive coach uh, offensive minded guy but uh yeah I think the culture fit and the personality fit is going to be interesting to monitor here over the next couple seasons uh, down on the plains for Auburn there so but yeah wish him wish him well wish him the best of luck a tough tough place to to, to win consistently I think there I think yeah. you can kind of pop up there and, and have a really good squad every two to three four years uh, but to be that you know consistently year in year out competing for an SEC championship at Auburn I think is going to be a challenge yeah so and, and like I was like I was saying I mean the, the two coaches that that he's kind of followed um, out of there that in the last uh, last 20 years I mean Dan Hawkins he ended up going to Colorado and I mean it didn't work I mean he ended up getting fired I think he I think he had like a two and ten year and, and got the ax and then um you had chris peterson who actually um went to washington and um i think he uh retired uh year before last or last year so uh, like i said it, it it's probably it's i think it's a good fit i mean i'm excited to see what happens with him but i mean i just don't know i mean if history repeats itself i mean who knows how good he's going to be as a head coach down there yeah, you're right. Uh, I think uh, Peterson retired last year. Jimmy Lake, uh, the defensive coordinator, took over him. And yeah. Peterson had a pretty good measure of success at Washington, I think you'd have to say. I mean, took him to a playoff there uh, a few years ago. And, again, they got you know curb stomped by Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, as well. But, yeah, Dan Hawkins, uh, God bless him, right? The, the, always, the, the thing that I'll always remember about his tenure at Colorado, uh, Butter, was, uh, go play intramurals, brother. So you remember that quote that uh, yeah. uh, was, people were asking him about, uh, you know, getting kids in there and playing time and all that. It's like, hey, look, if you're, if you're not interested, this is D1 college football, man. If you're looking for a participation trophy, go play intramurals, brother. So <laughs> a great, great quote by him. But uh, well, staying in the coaching realm here, Butter, we had a couple of big schools, big big time programs making some big changes on, on the coordinator front. Uh, LSU parts ways with essentially both coordinators, right? So they let Bo Pelini go, which probably not shocking given uh, uh, some of the performances that LSU's defense kind of put out throughout this uh, this challenging season. But uh, the offensive coordinator uh, Insmaker is going to retire. It sounds like so you got maybe question about whether he was forced out or you know maybe sees the writing on the wall there. So LSU looking for two new coordinators there, and then Jim Harbaugh up at Michigan. You know, finally parts ways with the defensive coordinator Don Brown there as well. Obviously, a lot of question marks about you know uh, the the rigidity of the Michigan system there. Certainly on defense, about um, maybe not having the personnel to play the type of defense that uh, that Brown wanted to play there. But uh, you know, we see it um, year in and year out. Butter these coaches kind of making these moves on the coordinator front. You know, usually the you know the last acts of a desperate coach to preserve his own uh, head coaching position there at whatever the school is. We saw it with Tom Herman last year uh, at the University of Texas. And so, uh, your thoughts on these two big moves here at LSU in Michigan on the coordinator front, Bud? Did um, I, I had one question? I mean, because I haven't I haven't um, seen anything on it. Did Josh Gaddis? The Michigan offensive coordinator, did he get to keep his job? As so far as I know, he's still there as of right now as recording. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm I'm very very surprised with that. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, and, and the LSU deal. I mean, <clears throat> the LSU the offensive coordinator he retired. Bo Pelini, which that was a um, that was kind of a strange hire to begin with. I mean, I know that he had been down there. I mean, he had been been at OU, but you know, I mean, he was the head coach at. Um, at Youngstown State and uh, comes all the way back to LSU, which, you know, I mean, on the sidelines, I mean, there were a lot of games this year that, that Coach O wasn't happy with them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, was very, very frustrated with him. I think uh, in order for, for Harbaugh to ever get it turned around, I mean, he's going to have to probably bring some younger offensive and defensive coordinators in there to help him recruit because – and if he wants to be successful, I mean, um, he's definitely going to have to make some changes because all that rides on him. You know, I mean, you think about uh, not just last year uh, and the year before, but, I mean, look how much talent uh, has transferred out of that place. I mean, offensively and defensively. 
you know, I mean, that, that goes, get, that goes all the way back to coaching. And, you know, I mean, and one thing that Harbaugh has not been able to do is win, win big games. And I mean, up at Michigan, you know, I mean, uh, eight and four, nine and four. I mean, that's, that's not going to cut it every single year. Yeah, the expectations there are really, really high, as they should be, right? So Michigan, obviously, one of the winningest all-time programs uh, you know, from a historical standpoint. And uh, I think the anticipation, the expectation there is that uh, you know they're going to be able to compete with Ohio State, right? And big, big Ten championships yeah. and the Rose Bowl at an absolute minimum, if not a national championship from time to time. And just uh, it's been a while, right, since Michigan's probably been at that level. I think back to you know, you know several years ago, I mean, hell, it may have been 10 or 11 years ago now, where I think there was kind of that one versus two showdown between Ohio Ohio State and Michigan, you know, the final regular season game there, the big game up there, as they call it, and Ohio State uh, even nipped them then and stuff. And there's a lot of people were calling for perhaps a rematch between those two uh, in the national championship. But I think that was maybe 2011, 20, I can't even remember now. It was before the playoff. But, uh, you know, one of the last times it seems like maybe Michigan was truly relevant on that national contender, national championship stage. So, yeah, been a long time coming uh, for Michigan fans uh, uh, for sure. And, again, Looking forward to see what Coach O does, right? So, uh, again, winning that national championship last year probably gives him a little bit of a grace period, right? So he's going to get a couple years to kind of figure some things out, bring in the right guys from a coordinator standpoint. But, you know, he was the one that, yeah, like you said, you know, he, he brought in Bo Pelini, and we it raised a lot of eyebrows whenever it happened. Uh, uh, and yeah. obviously that, that that experiment did not work out. So, yeah, and I mean, kudos- and it's, it's one of those things, you know, I mean, like you're coming off of um, a national championship team, where, I mean, uh, you dominate the ball offensively and defensively. You've got, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, the youngest talent at um, at offensive or defensive coordinators, but you've got really good talent on both of those sides of the ball that are could make really good head coaches. And, I mean, um, it just, just so happens, you know, I mean, a lot of those coaches went on to bigger and better things after last year, kind of just like the players did. Yeah, well, I think, you know, one thing to keep an eye on is that the the freshman quarterback, Max Johnson, Brad Johnson's son, the lefty, I mean, he looks like he may be the real deal, Butter. So the last couple SEC games that he was able to start, right, so they, they go on the road and, and upset Florida in the swamp and then uh, kind of an offensive shootout against uh, Ole Miss this past weekend as well. But I, I think they may, get a, they may have a good one. Uh, in the freshman quarterback, Max Johnson. So uh, they, they may be set there for the next couple years. Need the right guy to come in and coordinate off, uh, that offense and get them back uh, to those Jer- Joe Burrow, Joe Brady uh, stat-like numbers uh, from from uh, last year. But, uh, uh, well, Butter, you know, I want to stay kind of, again, in the realm of college football here. Transfers, COVID cancellations, and opt-outs, the new normal in college football. Yeah. Is, that, is that what we're dealing with here? Kind of the, the next big topic that we see on the big board. You know, obviously uh, several bowl games have been canceled this week and, and that's unfortunate. Uh, the most recent one, uh, I think yesterday between um, UAB and South Carolina, the uh, the Gasparilla Bowl, which is kind of fun to say. I don't I don't really know Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, but you know, that one kind of falls uh, by the wayside due to some COVID issues as well. You know, fingers crossed that that's the last cancellation that we have, but you know, it Probably won't be. And Butter, I'll tell you, I've been somewhat surprised, and Lincoln Riley and OU is one of them, so is Nick Saban in Alabama, how many coaches that are playing in the New Year's Six games in these programs are allowing the kids to go home for Christmas. And again, I understand, yeah. right, you know, they, they've been, you know, uh, kind of on lockdown essentially for the last four months as it is, as the season has progressed. They haven't been able to see their families probably in quite some time, but, you know, definitely a risky move. To, to allow these kids to kind of go to the four four corners of the country, right, and then kind of come back, uh, given the uh, uh, the numbers and the, uh, uh, the 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 virus count that kind of continues to to go up in most states, it seems like. But um, your thoughts on this? Again, hopefully, no more cancellations uh, for bowl game purposes, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. Which I, I think that's one of the reasons why we've seen so many bowl games canceled and so many. Um, teams just opt out of playing um, in the bowl games altogether because, you know, I mean, it's been a, it's been a really stressful, really weird year for these college athletes. You know I mean? Most of these guys, I mean, they're used to seeing their parents at their games. And I mean, a lot of these players, I mean, um, you know, I mean, haven't got to see their, their family. So, I mean, I, I can understand, you know, I mean, some of these five and five teams, 500 teams that are opting out. I mean, I think, um, I'm, I'm trying to think back if, if there was a, a really, really good team that really that opted out, which I mean, um, I, I don't think that there was like any like eight and two or seven and three teams. Most of the teams that did opt out, you know, I mean, we're probably 500. I mean, um, is that, USC was one of the teams that opted out, right? Yes. 
So that, that that's kind of that's probably one of the bigger bigger teams. And, and obviously, had they won the Pac-12 championship, they probably wouldn't have opted out, right? Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm thinking they wouldn't have opted out if like if it would have been any other year where they would have played uh, in the Rose Bowl. You know, I mean, um, it's just really weird. You know, I mean, because. Um, <laughs> I never would have thought that we would have bowl games canceled. I mean, because uh, I, I remember growing up, you know, I mean, if you made it to a, a bowl game, I mean, you got to go to like a special spot, you know I mean? You got to go to Florida, you got to go to San Antonio and uh, you got to take it all in. Well, this year, I mean, pretty much I think you're going to get to play the game and that's about it. So, I mean, um, I can see, I can see it from both ends, but, but then the guys that are, that are going home for Christmas that are actually getting to go home. I mean, it, I, it's hard to tell a, a 20 year old. No, you know, I mean, um, to, uh, that, that you can't go home and see your, that you can't go home and see your, your family after you've kind of sacrificed, uh, for the last four or five months. I mean, I would just like to say, just probably be very careful. Um, I mean, if you go home, I would just kind of social, di- social distance and I mean, spend time with your family and try to get back and, before before you play and get tested, I mean, and hopefully we don't see any other games canceled. I mean, or any other players that that can't play because, like I said, we're we're starting to run thin on players <laughs> uh, and and bowl games. <laughs> You're right. I think we're down to 27 now, if I'm not mistaken. As the that, that's counting the bowl games that have already been played earlier this week as well, right? So a couple of them or one of them going on right now as we record this pod. But yeah. You're right, Butter. Again, it seems so foreign for bowl games to get canceled. I remember a couple of seasons ago, I think it's two years ago, the uh, what was that first responder bowl between Boise State and Boston College got canceled due to weather, right? It was kind of a freak yeah. lightning storm yeah. in Dallas. They played one quarter and then just decided to scrap the game. And it was kind of a crazy thing because you know, there was all these stats that was going back to say it was one of the first bowl games that had been canceled since like 1940. It was like Pearl Harbor. You know, it was like Hawaii yeah. was slated. And so, you know, we went 50, 60 years that, you know, no bowl games had ever been canceled. And then now we find ourselves, you know, a mere two years later uh, with the uh, bowl games kind of dropping left and right due to uh, the COVID pandemic. So, yeah, crazy, crazy how how things change so quickly. But get a, get a, a quick update, Butter, or a quick insight from you regarding some some transfer news, right? Some recent transfer news, right? Affected OU, right? So Tanner Mordecai, backup quarterback, uh, he has uh, uh, elected, yeah, uh, entered the transfer portal. He's already signed with SMU, right? So probably a pretty good fit, right? Texas kid, I think he's from Waco. So kind of staying relatively close to home, you know, heading down there to to an offensive system that throws the ball around uh, uh, quite a bit. So I, I'm rooting for him, man. I hope the kid does well down there. Hope he gets a starting gig and hope he uh, puts up a, a lot of stats next year, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you got to think. I mean, Shane Bouchelle's already said that he's not going to play in his. I mean, in his final game, I mean, he's going to start getting and preparing for the draft. You know, I mean, Tanner Mordecai probably wasn't going to see uh, the field at OU unless something major, major happened. I mean, you know, we've got uh, Spencer Rattler, who is obviously the quarterback of the future for the time being, and then uh, after he goes the NFL or on to bigger things. You've got Caleb Williams. And then we also have uh, Chandler Morris. I mean, who could possibly be a good backup? You know, I mean, uh, I just, uh, Tanner Mordecai, I mean, the times that he, the time that he was here, I mean, he did make plays and, but I mean, it was just, just bad luck and unfortunate. I mean, the guy that was ahead of him has been better. You know, I mean, uh, the guys that he backed up was Jalen Hurts and he backed up Spencer Rattler. So, I'm rooting for the guy at SMU. I mean, um, I look I look forward to see how high he is actually drafted next year in, in like our league because um, you I mean look at the numbers that Shane Bouchelle put up in that offense. I mean, he was a he was a pretty good uh, fantasy player. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, our guy John Reigns, I think, has had Bouchelle for the last couple of years, I think. So, yeah, definitely a, a fantasy-worthy uh, guy. And I think the SMU quarterback over, over the last probably 10 years, 12 years, you'd say, give or take, uh, has been a fantasy-worthy position to kind of keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't know that we really know how good Mordecai is. And, and you mentioned, you know, the slew of quarterbacks that OU has. So, understandable that, that he's going to transfer and try to seek playing time elsewhere. But, you know, you mentioned Chandler Morris. I mean, hell, he scored the first touchdown, right, against uh, Iowa yeah. State in the Big 12 championship. Kind of a – 
little gimmick play that uh, OU came up, but it worked. And uh, so, yeah, seems to be a pretty credible kid. I think he was in the Army All-American game, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So, uh, obviously, a talented quarterback room uh, there at OU. And with Lincoln Riley's tutelage, I mean, you know, golly, you, you would expect that that will continue to be QBU for the foreseeable future, given the talent uh, in the uh, the minds uh, in that QB room. Uh, absolutely. So Then you also had TJ Pledger, who he uh, he's deciding to transfer, which, I mean, they haven't came across uh, – where he's going. Uh, then you got Charlie Brewer is tra- Charlie Brewer is transferring out of Waco, Utah. Um, oh. Chance, I think it's Chance Bryce uh, that transferred a Clemson signee that transferred to Duke. He's going to Appy State. So I mean, with Zach Thomas graduating, I mean, um, there's going to be probably open competition for that job. So. Yeah, that Bryce kid's going to end up playing quarterback for about uh, half of the East Coast before it's all said and done. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely got, gotten around that South Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina region, right? So, uh, and, and he seems to be uh, – I think he's a pretty good player. Duke wasn't very good this year, but I think uh, he has some tools to work with, and you would expect that the uh, uh, the change in level of competition at Appy State. And then also Appy State's a pretty good football team in the uh, the Sun Belt there. So, uh, I bet that'll probably be a good move for him from a win-loss standpoint and uh, from a statistical standpoint as well. well. Well, Butter, I've got a treat for you. We've got a treat for our listeners here talking about stats and CFF and all that fun stuff. Again, we've talked about our fantasy league throughout the last few weeks and the last few months, I should say, uh, on our podcast. And we've come down to the culmination. We're in the championship of our CFFL league. Uh, Chad Volk, a number four seed upsets our guy Barrett Hartman. Barrett Hartman, obviously a name that our listeners will recognize from the Yankee Wankers podcast here on the Sports Pros Network as well. Uh, top seed Barrett going into it. Volk pulls the upset. He's taking on number two seed, our man Brady Miller. First uh, CFFL championship appearance for our guy Brady. Long been a doormat in this league. Kind of you know one of those guys that's always floundered around in the uh, the bottom half of the league, getting a lot of top draft picks and couldn't really get get it to work. Finally, it all came together for Brady this year. I was able to catch up with these guys on Sunday afternoon, Butter. You know, this is the first time you're going to hear these interviews and uh, some of the comments from the guys as well. But you know, felt that given that this was our last pod uh, before you know, kind of the real start of the bowl games, and we'll have another pod hopefully real right before the big bowl games on New Year's as well next week. Uh, schedules pending on that, but but wanted to give these guys some time on the podcast, talk about their teams, talk about how they're feeling going into this CFFL championship. And again, our, our the way we determine our champions. Little unique, right? We actually use the bowl game performances from the players that are on the squad. And so oftentimes that's the strategy that factors into it is that, you know, not only do you have to pick good players, you know, you need to pick good players that are actually on a successful team that's going to go to a bowl game as well, right? So kind of an added layer of complexity in our league. But, you know, we're we're at that (laughs) nut cutting time, so to speak, of of having enough bowl games for these guys to fill the uh, full starting lineups and rosters. But we're still there as of right now, despite some of the recent cancellations earlier this week. Uh, But I wanted to, you know, again, share with our listeners uh, what these guys' thoughts were. And we'll start with Chad Volk here, Butter. But here was uh, what Chad had to say this past Sunday afternoon bud well ladies and gentlemen we have a special guest uh, call in here uh you you may remember him or, or you may know him i guess from from the podcast uh, we, we've talked a lot of smack about him here over the last couple of weeks trying to get him on the podcast to talk about his chances to win his second cffl championship and and that's mr chad volk chad how you doing this evening bud Good, man. How are you? I, I'm doing well. I, I'm so glad that uh, we were able to uh, to get you on the pod here. So I know, know you're feeling a little under under the weather earlier this week. So I, I guess first question, how you feeling, man? You back to 100%. Uh, you said you were watching some uh, Sunday uh, NFL action today, right? I'm 100%. Yep. Laying Good. on the couch, watching football and checking out the bowl games. Absolutely. Well, are you speaking of the bowl games, man? The the matchups all come out today, right? So obviously we get the top four. I'll get your thoughts on that here in a moment. Uh, but uh, I guess the, the first impression of your bowl matchup, obviously you're, you're quarterback heavy, right? So you got uh, kind of that one-two punch at quarterback between Justin Fields, Malik Willis uh, of Liberty. Obviously Fields gets a tough draw in the playoff against Clemson. No, no surprise there. But uh, uh, Willis and Liberty, an interesting draw with Coastal Carolina in the bowl game. Again, those two squads are going to play in the – were supposed to play in the regular season a few weeks ago, got got canceled due to COVID. Uh, but your thoughts, I guess, at the top, man, which which quarterback are you going to roll with? You know, I'm not sure if you saw that game, but Justin – I think he put up three points in the in the game versus Northwestern, and he hurt his – looks like he sprained his thumb. So I'm not really – I'm torn right now. I think I definitely like Willis's matchup a lot better than I like Fields' matchup, especially if he doesn't get a lot of back to that game. 
Yeah, and throughout the the course of the regular season, at least whenever the you know the Big Ten kind of jumped into play in you know, a short and shortened season for them, but uh, Willis actually outperformed uh, Fields uh, over the course of our regular season in roughly thirty eight points per game to roughly thirty four points per game for Fields. So again, not a, not a wrong answer there. They're both pretty good choices, but yeah, I think matchup wise, uh, probably wouldn't fault you uh, to roll with uh, with Willis and Liberty against uh, Coastal Carolina. So um, well, let's jump down to running back. So you get you get some decent matchups, I guess. You get Spencer Brown, UA be rolling against South Carolina. You got Mizzou again. It'll be a tough draw there uh, against Iowa. And it sounds like I, I assume that Jerry and Ely is going to play in the bowl game for Ole Miss. Obviously, the 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 big receiving targets, uh, Yaboa and uh, Elijah Moore, they they opt out. I don't think they're going to be playing in the bowl game, but which probably helps you and, and hurts uh, your competitor, Brady Miller, right? You know, I thought that, but I watched a lot of that game yesterday, and I didn't like Ely's usage. They seem to be playing Parrish a lot more than I would have liked with with, with Moore and. Yeboah out, so I'm yeah. not. I think it's my only my only play with Browns. I don't like Doug Smashup versus Georgia, but I didn't like his usage yesterday. Uh, you, you still you get a tight end, right? You get Peyton Hendershot, Indiana again. They miss out on one of the big New Year's Six bowl games. Probably probably unfair, right? I would like to see them get it in, given that uh, they they're new blood, so to speak. But uh, uh, they end up with a decent matchup. Uh, in the uh, were they in the Outback Bowl or, or which one? Uh, which one of those Big Ten matchups were they in? Uh, they're playing on Mesh, and I don't know the name. It's the, uh, yeah, the Outback Bowl. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that should be a fun game to watch. Again, obviously, Indiana's offense not quite the same without Man, Man, uh, Michael Penix Jr., but uh, you would anticipate that Hendershot probably get a couple of red zone targets, right? I hope so. I'm going to need him. Okay. Well, I, I think the biggest question looking at your roster here going into the championship, again, and, and our, our league's a little bit unique for our listeners. They've heard us talk about it um, out there for the last couple of weeks with the Butterball and I, that um, we determine our champion utilizing the bowl games, which in most years, it's not that big a deal. But obviously this year with COVID, so many bowl game cancellations, so many player and team opt-outs, just teams opting out, definitely going to be a, ch- a challenge on that front. You're left with Florida. The Gator defense, obviously a tough draw for them against my Sooners uh, in the Cotton Bowl, but but you do have an eligible defense. Uh, thoughts on rolling out the Gator defense against that Sooner offense down in Dallas, bud? Uh, they're going to get lit up. I, <laughs> after watching them versus Alabama, uh, I mean, I'm, in a, I'm pretty much in a 40-point hole already, just throwing them out there. So I'm not not excited about that. Well, you know, you, you got you got Brady Miller. He's got three defenses to pick from, but none of them got great matchups. I don't think. You know, obviously, he's going to start with Ohio State, uh, Clemson. You know that that's a dangerous matchup there. Uh, you know, you got Tulsa drawing Mississippi State. That's obviously a little scary there. You don't know which Mike Leach team is going to show up. You know, is it going to be the one that hangs fifty-one, or is it going to be the one that scores three points? And then Oklahoma State drawing Miami in the. I think they call that game the Cheese It Bowl now. It's hard to keep track of all these um, these traveling bowl names, but they draw. Uh, again, Miami, uh, decent matchup on paper there. So so maybe you're not quite as in deep a hole as what you think. None of his matchups, I would say, are really, really great either, right? Uh, no, not at all, but I mean, what do you think he's going to go with? I, I, I think he's going to go Ohio State. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's probably the, the safest pick, uh, kind of down the middle. Uh, I mean, maybe Oklahoma State, Miami could turn into maybe a little bit of a, a slop fest. Maybe, maybe weather comes into play as well, right? So kind of keep an eye on the weather, kind of leading into uh, the, these games next week to see uh, if somebody's going to be playing in a monsoon or something. But uh, yeah, probably the Ohio State as opposed to OSU that we're used to around these parts. That would be my guess, but uh, I'm sure we'll find out out uh, tomorrow whenever uh, Brady sends in his picks. Um, I assume he's going to send them in uh, tomorrow, but before all the bowl games start. But uh, <laughs> now, again, you, you're, you're a former champion, right? You won it a few years ago. You've got your name on the trophy. You made it to the championship last year. I actually, you know, fell fell short to uh, uh, to yours truly here to, for for number six for me. So you're back in the championship yet again. You know, any any words out there for the haters, for the naysayers, right? So a little bit of controversy. I, I may have stoked that fire a little bit uh, in the closing weeks to the regular season, Volk, to where uh, I, I was kind of you know pointing you out for for some low scoring affairs and maybe an easy schedule. But you knock off Barrett, right? The number one. Uh, he was number one with. A bullet right he was top ranked in all the uh the statistical categories that you could be in you upset him in the playoff over the two weeks you're the highest scoring team you know you, you got to have a at least a, a big middle finger out there for some guys in the league right uh huge middle finger absolutely and you know, i was curious if you had the stats since the 10 years i've been in the league i was curious about finals appearances over those 10 years and then cumulative record and wins over that period so i got a feeling i'm 
aside from you, probably right near the top of that, both of those categories. Yeah, I think so. I don't know about the win totals. I know that this is your fourth appearance in the championship. So you're you're one and two, right? So you won one and you've lost two. So this would be your opportunity to get back to Eve and get you two and two. But but four out of ten ain't bad. You know, that that's uh, that's definitely something to hang your hat on. I don't know about the cumulative wins, but I'm sure you're up there as well. You're probably right. Yeah, it's not that's not bad at all. You know, I try to be consistent. You know, one of the things I think was weird about this year was a lot of us, you know, some tried to play it safe, go with young guys, some tried to load up on people playing early in the year, which is what I did. You know, some of my studs I didn't even get you know, I didn't get deals until like week seven. So um I think it's just one of those random weird years where I think it's one of the easiest years to just try and be as competitive as possible and, and see what happens. That's what I try to do. Well, I mean, you've done a great job at it, man. So you're right there on the precipice. Again, leader in the clubhouse. So if we don't get enough bowl games in, then you're going to get the ring no matter what. But I like your chances with the matchups as well, man. I think you're the favorite kind of going into this thing. So Either way, it's fair. You know, it was a tough, hard year. And so I think whatever, you know, I'm just – I'm just glad I got a chance to go get it. Hey, the name on the trophy, uh, however you get it, that's that's all that matters, right? So now, now the good thing about it too, from a league perspective, is that you know you're you're a little closer to to Oklahoma City now, right? So you're down in the DFW area, right? Yep. Okay, so the, I'm I'm looking and expecting to see you at the draft next August. Now again, he uh, you know Volk always had the built-in excuse that he was up in uh, uh, Western PA for the last few years, uh, doing doing some work up there and stuff. So now we're getting back a little closer to home. So I would anticipate that you get a hall pass next August and that uh, you'll find your way up to Oklahoma City uh, for the draft to be there in person uh, for the first time and golly, probably what six years, seven years, something like that since the last time you made it in person, I think. It has been a while. I'll make you a deal. If I if we have the Bulls and I win, and I'm not living back east, I'll come chug some whiskey out of that out of that cup oh, for the uh, live in the draft next year. <laughs> well, well, Volca, again, I, I said, hey, man, I want I want ten minutes of your time, bud. So I, I'm up over that now. I appreciate uh, uh, you checking in with us. A uh, good luck to you this week. Send in those starters, and, and again, man, you, you know, sleepless nights here over the next couple of weeks. I'm sure, uh, kind of you know, chewing fingernails and uh, and watching these bowl games. And uh, fingers crossed, hoping and praying that you can hold on uh, to to a lead over Brady. And uh, again, get your name on that. Tr- for the second time, my friend. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, here's to hoping we get a bunch of cancellations over the next few days. <laughs> Absolutely, bud. All right, man. Well, have a good week. We'll talk to you soon, bud. You too. Thanks, man. And that was Chad Volkbutter. Again, that's the first time you've heard that interview there, but well, what a great guy, right? I mean, he's he's one yes. of the most knowledgeable guys about college football and certainly from a CFF standpoint as well you know he came into our league 10 years ago kind of a co-owner with uh, with our guy Joey Stoffer uh, up in the Tulsa area OU friend uh, and buddy of ours OU grad there uh, and once he got rid of the dead weight once he kicked Stoffer out and took over this franchise slot on his own he, he's been on an upward trajectory ever since right butter oh yeah I mean like he <laughs> you're in and you're out man I mean he's uh he's always got the talent uh, on his roster. I mean, even whenever it's supposed to be like a rebuilding year for him, I mean, uh, he makes good, uh, good, dra- he does his homework and has really good draft picks. And I mean, uh, is not afraid to, uh, to go after free agents. I mean, uh, and I mean, he, it's fun for him. It's fun having him in the league because, uh, the bad thing is, is hell, every time I faced him in the bowls, he's always knocked me out. But, I mean, he's competitive, so, I mean, it makes it fun for the league, man. I mean, I, I'm glad that we got some somebody that's as knowledgeable as him in this thing. I, I agree completely. Again, a tough competitor, a guy that you love having in the league, but not a guy you enjoy matching up with uh, in the playoffs or even during the regular season. But, uh, uh, yeah, a great, great interview there. Very, very gracious with his time. We actually, I think we spent about 20 minutes on the phone. I had to kind of edit and uh, pare that down a little bit because we just got to talking about college football in general and kind of bullshitting and stuff. But he, he, he is on the air, but we got him on record. If he wins the trophy this year, he is coming back to the draft for the first time in several awesome. years, coming up to chalk, and he's <laughs> going to be chugging whiskey out of that trophy not beer we used to do beer uh, out of the uh, out of the cup but he said he's going to do whiskey so we're going to hold him to it uh, if he can hold on here over the next two weeks well, Butter, you know, uh, obviously we got to get equal time here, you know, kind of in the uh, the theme of a, of a presidential uh, election year, right? Uh, we we got to give equal time to the other competitor, and of course that's Brady Miller. And so, again, I was fortunate enough to catch up with Brady on Sunday evening as well. And so here's what Brady had to say. All right, so we're joined here by the other half of the CFFL championship, uh, Mr. Brady Miller. Brady playing in his first CFFL championship, I believe. Isn't that right, bud? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Proud to be here. Ready to kick the ass. 
Fantastic. So Brady, the number two seed going into the playoff again, kind of kind of wins the cumulative two week playoff there at the end over our guy Ivanovsky, the three seed, taking on uh, Chad Volk again. We we talked to Volk earlier. He's feeling pretty good about the matchups. You know, was was concerned about uh, not being able to field a full starting lineup, but I, I think that those concerns have uh, have have maybe been allayed a little bit for Volk, although. He doesn't like his defense matchup, Brady, uh, and that's definitely a game we're going to be watching. His Florida Gators obviously draws OU in the Cotton Bowl, so we definitely have a rooting interest for OU to be running up the score now, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm not worried about the Florida defense anyway. That Florida <laughs> quarterback, uh, he's, a, he's a pretty big stud right there. He's going to walk all over everybody. He's going to take a vote down, boy. Yeah, and you you've got that Florida quarterback Kyle Trask, right? So he he's obviously been the uh, the 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 hot hand that you've been riding all the way uh, to this uh, championship appearance. All right, you got Travis Etienne at running back, right? So you, so you're pretty stout there. Uh, had some big games from uh, the uh, the South Carolina kid um, uh, Kevin Harris. They're, they actually made a bowl game, so you get a good draw there against UAB. But wide receiver looks pretty thin for you, Brady. So obviously Daz Newsom at, at North Carolina. They draw Texas A and M. Probably the best receiver you got that's going. Sounds like Elijah Moore of Ole Miss probably isn't going to play in the bowl game for Ole Miss. Big loss for you there, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is. Uh, he was a pretty heavy hitter um, during the regular season. But uh, we're just going to have to um, play the best hand we got and see what happens. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Now, now you did get a little bit of a boost, Brady, I should say. At least you have choices, which I know is one of your favorite things. On defense, yes, sir. Ohio State – Tulsa, Oklahoma State. Again, Ohio State's a tough draw against Clemson, although you would expect that to maybe be a little bit more of a cagey affair in the playoff. Tulsa draws Mississippi State, I believe, which is going to be an interesting matchup there. Obviously, we know a lot about Mike Leach here in Big 12 country and kind of depends on which Mississippi State team is going to show up. Is it going to be the one that puts up 50 points or the one that puts up 10 points? And then Oklahoma State, an interesting draw for them in the Cheez-It Bowl against number 18-ranked Miami. Again, not sure which Miami team is going to show up on that front. Who who are you leaning at on defense, bud? Uh, I'm thinking maybe Tulsa. I'm going to let it get just a little bit closer, but I'm thinking Tulsa may be the way to go. Uh, you know, Clemson can do a lot of things when they want to. However, uh, you got to credit Ohio State. You know, they're pretty salty when they have a little bit of time. But Clemson's pretty explosive, too, so – choices like you say absolutely again we're Tulsa that's gonna be interesting right so it's gonna be outdoors right it's in it's I think it's actually at TCU Stadium there in Fort Worth so it's on New Year's Day maybe we get some nasty weather kind of moves in into the DFW area or something like that snow rain freezing you know sleet whatever it may be something that might keep the score low right Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what we're shooting for. Right? All right. Well, well, Brady. You know, I I, I want to try to get some some smack talk out of you, man. So again, you you have been the butt of a lot of jokes in this league for many years, right? So hey, this guy, you know, he's not showing up to the draft. Hey, this guy, you know, he's drafting five quarterbacks. You know, people people giving you a bunch of shit over the last few years, and so I want to give this uh, opportunity or, or or provide this opportunity for you. To, to really tell all those guys to fuck off, right? So you got anything you want to say out there to the haters over the last 10 years in this league that you finally made it to a championship game? That's right, man. How do you like me now? Here <laughs> I am. Where are y'all at? Let's talk about it, you know? Uh, yes, I did draft a lot of quarterbacks, but, hey, they're uh, arguably some of the best quarterbacks in the league, and uh, I'm open to trades, by the way. <laughs> but uh, we're going to go in there and smoke everybody, man. This is our year. 2020, everything's screwed up, so it's my year for sure. I oh, love it, love it, love the smack talk. It's been a long time coming, so you you've earned that right to get here. Now, uh, any any special words for for Barrett Hartman, right? So Barrett, he he's trying to steal a little bit of your thunder, uh, kind of coming into this championship run here. You know, he was kind of helping you uh, draft remotely uh, back in August at, at our at Chalk, you know, our favorite sports bar. But uh, you know, obviously, it it's one thing to draft the players; it's another thing to put them in a position to have success, right? So I mean, you know, Barrett, he he can go, you know, kick rocks, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, he can. He, he helped out, you know, and I appreciate the help. But you remember, uh, you know, I picked up Kyle Trask on a, uh, uh, on a, uh, on a, uh, yeah, free what agent do you call pickup. it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he was a free agent pickup. So some of them guys have picked up good. Now, he did make a job, but I appreciate it. But yeah, he can go kick some rocks, man. It's yeah, time I mean, to kick his butt, too. Absolutely. So I think you picked up Kyle Trask, and I think you picked up a Kevin Harris, I think, off of the uh, the waivers as well. So South Carolina yes, running sir. back, who's been pretty salty. So, uh, yeah, so definitely uh, – 
you you made this happen. Definitely got to give you credit on that front, my friend. So, uh, well, Brady, any any parting words again for the guys out there? Any parting words, maybe for your competitor, Chad Vol? Chad was very diplomatic uh, during his uh, his interview uh, earlier this afternoon as well. He didn't want to put up a whole lot of bulletin board uh, material up there, but uh, I'm going to give you the last word here, my friend. So again, you're the higher seed going into this thing. Well, you know, you got to give Chad uh, a lot of credit. Uh, his team's been pretty salty. Been uh, they've been there uh, every week. They've put up some points. Played pretty good defense. Uh, he's, uh, you know, picked up well. He's managed his team well. And we'll see what happens. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. I'm excited about it. Uh, we'll have to see what um, uh, the pandemic does to it. But uh, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, uh, and uh, everybody just keep their hats on. It's going to be a big deal. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Well, again, fingers crossed that we do get to have all these scheduled bow games. You guys, you do get to kind of play it out the way that uh, our league has always played it out here over the last 16 years. So uh, definitely going to be rooting for you, man. Looking forward uh, to, to hopefully uh, drinking out of that trophy next August, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, That's the, right. beer, the beer never tastes so sweet as it does coming out of that trophy, my friend. So I hope you get that opportunity. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right, brother. We appreciate your time, man. We'll let you go, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Have a good evening. Thank right. you. That was Brady Miller. <laughs> Everybody keep their hats on. It's going to be a big deal. He's, he's definitely one of the funniest guys uh, on the planet, right, Butter? Oh, he's so that good. Was great, man. So good. Again, th- those guys, uh, they they really kind of leaned into it uh, and were very gracious with their time. Again, Brady, uh, he gave me about 15, 20 minutes as well, but I tried to pare it down here to six, seven, eight minutes uh, for podcast purposes and pick out the best parts. But yeah, everybody keep their hats on. It's going to be a big deal. I love it. So, and a little bit, a little bit of smack talk too. Back to, back to Barrett. Uh, again, there's been some good banter back and forth there about Barrett uh, helping him out at the draft, given uh, Brady wasn't able to attend in person this year. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. How you like me now, fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, what do you call them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good stuff there. Again, uh, two very deser- deserving participants in the CFFL championship in our league. Again, 16 years running now. Uh, will, will Volk make it number two and become one of only the few, uh, really only three guys, uh, to ever win the title more than once, multi-winner. Again, our, our good friend, Butterball, uh, you know, the late, great Sean Nichols, his name is on that trophy twice. Uh, again, uh, lost him a, a few years ago, but obviously uh, still near and dear and close in our hearts and will always be a part of this uh, this fantasy football league and uh, love him and miss him, but he's got his name on the trophy twice. I, how many times do I have my name on there, Butter? Six. Six times. I think six is the number. And so, yeah, Chad Volk got the opportunity to put his name on there twice as well. So some pretty tall cotton, uh, some elite company there if Volk can get it done. And then Brady, again, got to root for the guy. He's been in the league for 15 years, the first CFFL championship appearance. Uh, got to root for him as well. Super likable guy. And I think that came through for our listeners out there. I think uh, you're, that's a friend that you need to meet uh, for sure. So because he's, he's just one of the best people that you'll ever come across. And uh, kudos to them. So, But, but Butter, again, you, you uh, we talked about it last week. Who, who do you like now? Again, a couple of the bowl games have actually taken place. The guys actually have a few points on the board from some of the earlier games this week. Are you leaning one way or the other now, especially with some of these COVID cancellations, right? We mentioned South Carolina and Kevin Harris uh, for Brady and Spencer Brown for UAB uh, for Volk. I mean, that game's been canceled now, so both guys are down a stud running back. But uh, how does that factor into it from your point of view, Butter? Man, I mean, I think it's still going to be a great matchup. Um, I, I think it might actually come down to defense, man. I mean, uh I think that um, with Brady, I mean, I think you got to roll Tulsa out against Mississippi State. You know, I mean, I think that 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 could be the how, if he if he was going to win a national if he's going to win a championship that that could be how he wins it because I mean, obviously both your I mean from top to bottom I mean they've got players that can score so I mean it could come down to the defenses man really or actually really could. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're boasting the uh, uh, Zaven Collins, the uh, the Nagurski uh, Trophy winner, Nagurski uh, Award, right? So for the outstanding defensive player on the year, that that kid's made himself a lot of money this year. I think he's going to be a first round draft pick. Uh, so you, so you hope that Zaven Collins plays in the bowl game uh, for that Tulsa Golden Hurricane defense against uh, you know what's been a I guess a start and stop off and on uh, Mike Leach offense at Mississippi State this year. We don't really know which uh, uh, Mississippi State team is going to show up uh, in the bowl game, and so a lot of uh, the CFFL championship 
championship could uh, depend very much on that uh, uh, exact uh, scenario there as to which Mississippi State offense shows up. So he, he was a quarterback in high school, and he was a hominy buck. That's right. That's right. Fantastic uh, uh, Oklahoma high school standout uh, star, and uh, great to see him doing big things on on a big stage there at TU now, right? So that, that TU team really uh, a ranked team. Uh, again, one of the better squads in the country this year, and uh, but for a last-second field goal, against Cincinnati last weekend and again but for kind of a last uh, uh, minute hurrah from Oklahoma State back in September this TU team's not that far away from being undefeated so I think people yeah, probably, need to keep that probably two minutes uh, maybe two minutes four plays <laughs> yeah yeah, again, fine margins there, but they're they're a pretty good football team. So, well, well Butter, I, I think we're, we're up against the fifty minute mark here, and so we're gonna we're gonna save our picks for the New Year Six and playoff games for next week's pod. So we we've got some okay. some fantasy pick them on slate for that as well, and then we're gonna preview and make picks for all those big bowl games. Lord willing, you know they're they're still on the schedule whenever we get together next week for next week's pod. But uh, we're gonna save that in the can. Uh, let things unfold. Maybe let those lines kind of move. Maybe player opt-outs and injuries and, and whatever else kind of factor into it before we make our picks uh, for some of those big games, uh, both from a betting standpoint and then obviously from a fantasy uh, pick them as well. But I got to give you credit, Butter. You kicked my ass uh, last week uh, on the uh, on the pod pick them. Uh, it wasn't even close, my friend. So you uh, you ran right uh, 225 uh, to 194. Again, big, big days by Matt Carell, Kyle Trask for you. You had Devontae Smith, who obviously showed up. Najee Harris was probably the pick. He was your flex pick. 57 points points in the SEC championship. So you uh, you put the boots to me, both in the college fantasy pick em and the, uh, the the pro fantasy pick em as well. So kudos to you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised um, that Kyle Pitts played, which, I mean, I guess after the after that game, I mean, he's, he's not playing against uh, Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. So um, I guess he opted out and decided he's going to start preparing for the NFL draft, which, I mean, probably the first tight end taken off the board, I would I would assume. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think somewhere in the mid to late first round is is probably where he's going to end up going off the board. Yeah, just a matchup nightmare. Uh, and yeah, kudos to him. Again, maybe the Cotton Bowl loses a little bit of luster without him, but I think Florida's got enough weapons that uh, they'll probably be just fine, and they're going to be a stiff challenge uh, for uh, Alex Grinch and that uh, that speed D for OU that they kind of uh, uh, covet there. But uh, yeah, should be an exciting matchup. I think it's got a 41-34 type of uh, game written all over it. Uh, I could see it uh, certainly being that way. Well, but we're going to wrap it up here on this one, bud, for the CFF Commissioner's Corner Podcast. Again, you and I, we're going to get together again next week, and we'll make all the picks and all the fantasy picks uh, for the big bowl games next week uh, before those games kind of start kicking off on December 30th is really kind of that first day uh, whenever the New Year's Six games start to go. And so we'll get together and reconvene before that. But uh, for our listeners out there, Butter, uh, how can they get a hold of you, man? If they're wanting some CFF uh, yeah, expert ex- advice, maybe some off-season stuff, you know, following transfers. You know, what do you think about this guy? Should I maybe you know make a trade now if he's moving into this new school, this new offensive system? You know, get that Twitter handle out there, bud. So, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Van Curen or AKA the Fantasy Fessional, and that is J E R E M Y underscore. V-A-N-C-U-R-E-N. Absolutely, brother. Well, again, I appreciate you spending the evening here. Christmas Eve Eve, man. So uh, uh, spending it with me uh, via Zoom in the interwebs. But uh, uh, look forward to having you back in the studio next week, my friend, whenever we get together uh, after the Christmas holiday and before New Year's. So, well, gang, while this will wrap it up for this episode, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing online over the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Enjoy the games this weekend, everyone. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. 